is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's a game on with Josh Silverberg. Game on! Talking all things sports. It's, it's game on! Yeah, game on! Game on! Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Game On here on the World Wide Sports Radio Network. I am Josh Silver, your host, joining you every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. right here on the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Don't forget you can check out my show and all different shows and platforms by checking us out on WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Check us out as well on the free app, WWSRN. Type that in, as well as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube periscope and so much more we have a lot to get to a lot to discuss of course we're going to recap the nhl trade deadline what happened the winners the losers of the deadline we'll get into that piece it together what that does for the races going forward for how it's going to affect teams that and so much more i mean we'll get to that in a little bit i mean pretty much today was just a, a dead day because everything had already happened we're going to get into the World Baseball Classic with that starting up next week as well as the teams and the players start to report. So teams are, and players are going to start to lose players from spring training. They're going to go to their respective countries' facilities and do all that and start training there. The New York Jets and the conversation of the quarterback. We're hearing so many different things. We're going to discuss that a little bit later on in the show with Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. It sounds like the Jets are going to end up with one of those two. It just depends on which one it is that they're going to get that. And we'll do a little preview of AEW Revolution, which is this Sunday. I know Lyle is actually there in San Francisco, which is pretty cool. So he is uh, there now actually doing, doing that. So that sounds like a great time. And then, of course, we'll get to our buzzer beater, that and... So much more. I mean, like I said, this is a jam-packed show. And, of course, we start with the leadoff spot, and that's the number one, and that's the NHL trade deadline. And, of course, the leadoff spot, we do little tidbits of everything and so much more. Uh, the NHL trade deadline has come, and it has gone. It's over. Teams got better. Uh, teams didn't do enough. The two teams that really stood out, and, again, we'll discuss in a little bit, the, the New York Rangers and the Boston Bruins just – Way better, of course, the New Jersey Devils getting Timo Meyer. That's going to help them tremendously. I mean, you have to remember, they're only a point behind the Carolina Hurricanes right now, which is crazy to think because everybody, we were assuming it was going to be Rangers, Devils, Rangers, Devils. Well, now all of a sudden the Devils are a point behind the Hurricanes and the Rangers are only a couple points in front of the Penguins now. And they play them three times in the next eight days, uh, 10 days, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. The New York Rangers and the Boston Bruins ex you know, got exponentially better. Of course, it's about gelling the pieces together. And, of course, those two teams will play each other tomorrow. Uh, 
at one o'clock on ABC. So, you know, that's going to be a game. I have a feeling the Bruins are going to just dismantle the Rangers tomorrow. The Rangers are still going to play shorthanded. I know Boston will and that and so much of that is going on. But we'll get into that in a little bit. The number two spot, Jalen Carter doing his thing at the NFL Combine. And man, let me tell you something. This is going to really hurt this kid. Now, this he's still going to be picked in the top 10. The thing about Jalen Carter is that a lot of people had him maybe as a top five pick. But he was lying to police about what happened in the car accident with one of his teammates. And um, a staff member sadly passed away. Really unfortunate when something like this does come about. And then he came back to the combine the next day. Really, the reality of it is this with Jalen Carter. When you start to lie to authorities, this is when it gets to be tricky for teams to figure out do we want to take the chance on a player like this? Do we want to go all in on it? Now, of course, he's a very talented player. He's one of the best players in this draft. Um, he's right behind Will Anderson for the best defensive player in this draft, probably. But the thing of it is, is that when you lie to authorities right before the combine and you're being interviewed by teams and you're doing all this stuff, because then teams are going to start to do teams that had it maybe first, second, third on their draft board now have to start to figure out and they have to question, is he worth the risk? Does the talent outweigh the character? And that's something that some teams need to figure out going forward. And that's the thing with Jalen Carter. He's in that issue in that boat right now where he needs to figure out, am I worth the risk in a top of the top 10 draft pick? Can I take the chance if I'm an organization, put all my eggs in the basket of Jalen Carter and say, is he a reliable guy? Is he going to stay out of trouble? Is he going to, now again, he didn't, murder anybody or kill anybody, but lied to authorities about the accident. He was there and he directed the cops in another direction. And it's a whole wacky, crazy story. And again, Snug brings up a great point. And I was actually, he was, he was the player I was going to bring up was Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons, of course, people were saying, you know, with the gang related stuff has completely outweighed the trouble because he hasn't been trouble so far with the Dallas Cowboys. He stayed in a straight path. He hasn't gone with the outer crowd that maybe he was hanging out with. He has stayed the course. And that, to me, is a big thing that teams have to figure out. Now, listen, if Jalen Carter ends up being Michael Parsons, of course you're going to take the chance and risk. We don't know if that's the case. Some guys are like that. Some guys might not be. And then, of course, the third part of the leadoff spot is another issue that's going on, and that's John Morant, who is one of the faces of the NBA. Uh, the report came out that he was playing a pickup basketball game with a 17-year-old, punched him 13 times, and pulled out. A gun on the kid and then at the game last night he decided to use the finger gun celebration when somebody on, on memphis made a basket i mean you got to get a clue don't you at this point now the thing about john morant is this he has the world at the tip of his fingers right now he's one of the faces of the nba he's on a very good memphis team they're a team that's competing for a championship he's one of the best players in basketball and again he's growing into one of the faces of the sport and then this happens, and you figure you and you figure out later on. Well, you know, if you're John Morant, do you think it was really bright to basically say I'm going to do the gun celebration? And again, Snug, I get what you're saying. Here's the difference, though. This guy, he's something that kids look up to in John Morant. He's in the public eye. That's the difference. He's in the public eye where he's the face of a of of, of an of a global empire in the nba the national basketball association so if you're john morant and you do this stunt you have to ask yourself what was i thinking why did i do it and how do i fix it and the thing of it is like i said pulling out the gun on a minor no less 
is a killer. Now, again, he's still playing because, of course, the NBA cannot suspend him until the authorities do their entire report, all of that, and so much more. They can't do anything with him yet. He has to, he gets to continue to play. That's the way it is. You can't just, if you're the Grizzlies, you can't suspend him without all the evidence being put out there. Now, of course, you can have him go on a leave, but you cannot put him out there and pull him until, again, you get the full report. But the fact that he attacked a minor, pulled a deadly weapon on him, it's a killer in my eyes because, you know, he could go to jail for this. Everybody's going to say he's an athlete. He's going to get out of it. We always see this, blah, blah, blah. We'll see. I'm not sure. More of the, the news has to come out. The report's got to come out. All that. But to then do the gun celebration yesterday was just idiotic and stupid. Dude, have a clue and read the room. It's simple as that. Have a clue, read the room, and understand the situation that you're in right now in the public eye, which is, dude, you pulled a gun on a kid the other day, and now you're doing a gun celebration? What are you thinking? Why? I mean, I just throw my hands up in the air, and I go, it's it's crazy what some people do. Let's get to the NHL trade deadline. I find the NHL trade deadline to be the best deadline day of any of the sports, next to the baseball. The football and the basketball one, you don't really do. I mean, this year with basketball was wild, right? Because Kyrie and KD, all these trades happen very early on. Teams got ahead of the pack before it, it, it really could fluctuate to the point where today you really didn't see anything. And I have my winners. I have my losers ready to go. So for me, my winners, I got a, a couple of them. One, of course, I got to give it to the Boston Bruins. Garner Hathaway, Dmitry Orlov, then getting Tyler Bertuzzi. And then you sign Pasternak, which I know isn't a trade, but you get the Pasternak signing for eight years, 90 mil. Sweeney had a killer of a trade deadline this year. And that team is deep. Now, Hall, they say, could be back in four weeks, which, of course, leads them into the playoffs. And you put Hall on that third line. So Brad Marchand is in the game tomorrow for the Boston Bruins. He's in the game tomorrow. Marchand will play tomorrow. To me, the thing of it is, I think the Boston Bruins are the team to beat in the NHL. Plain and simple. They are. They're the best team. Montgomery got a second chance after what, how he left Dallas um, in a way where, of course, abusive to players. You know, you sit back, you learn from that, and you take that all in. I think Jim Montgomery has fit in very nicely. So, to me, I think when I look at how the Boston Bruins are built, they're a juggernaut right now. But, again, it's all about who gets hot at the right time in the playoff. That's what it really will come down to. Olmark's running away with the Vezina. We know that this year. We get that. I mean, he's the guy scoring goals now. Jeremy Swayman would start on 85% of the teams in the league. The Bruins have a great one-two punch. That defense has been great this year for them. Marshan's doing what he does. Bergeron's having another good year. Pasta's doing what he's doing. Now you have Tyler Patuzzi. You're going to get Hall back in a few weeks. It's a cakewalk now. The Bruins are just focused on the playoffs. And that's all they need to worry about. Uh, another team that won the deadline, of course, is the New York Rangers, who, listen, they got Vladimir Tarasenko and they got Patrick Kane. Now, they're going to have $16.5 million in the salary cap after the season is over. It's going to be very difficult to sign those guys. Um, maybe Kane wants to stay or maybe Tarasenko wants to stay for a massive discount. We don't know. And I know people are obviously the Rangers lost last night. It's, you know, as a Ranger fan, it sucked that they lost that game. but. You know, no, you know, not making excuses, but Ottawa has been really hot. Tim Stutzla has been fantastic this year for the Senators. That's why they got Jacob Chikrin, who they're in the they're in a they're in a race right now, Ottawa, to make the playoffs. And they're close. 
Like him, Talbot's playing great. I knew every time the Rangers play one X-Ranger, that X-Ranger always scores. Of course, Derek Broussard was the one that did it. They got Jacob Chikrin at the deadline, and they basically got Chikrin for almost nothing, which is a joke by the Coyotes. The Rangers, I think, once they get everybody back after the Miller suspension, which was idiotic on his part, and they get Lindgren back, they'll be fully healthy on defense. I forget the guy's name on Ottawa last night that that wailed Mott yesterday, who, by the way, he literally lifted his shoulder into Mott's head while jumping off the ice. And Mott didn't have the puck. So, therefore, that warrants – I mean, he got, he got kicked out of the game. That warrants a suspension. And Paro said today, we're not even going to have a hearing for a guy who's been a repeat offender, which is crazy. But now Mott's hurt, so you got to figure that out. The Rangers and know made a couple of minor moves today. I still like what the Rangers did. When you have a chance to get Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko, you're going to do it. And the goal Tarasenko did last night was wild. I think the Rangers will be fine. Do I think they can win? Of course, I think they can win the cup. Do I think they're as good as Boston? No, I don't. I think Boston is that deep. I think right now on paper, I think they're better than Carolina. I think they're better than Jersey. I think they're better than Toronto by smidge. Tampa's interesting. Tampa doesn't have the depth the Rangers have, but of course they have Vasilevsky in net. And that's the advantage the Rangers are going to have is with Shesterkin in net. Is Shesterkin's having a good year. He's not having what he had last year. And I think people have to realize he's having a good year. He's not having the year he had last year. It's not really going to happen, but then yet Linus Olmark's having that kind of year. But again, I look at the Rangers as a threat. Of course, they have so much depth. I think once they get healthy, they're not going to play shorthanded anymore. I mean, you have to remember they played Wednesday night, shorthanded down two defensemen. Kane wasn't even there yet, so they played 11 forward, 5T, went to overtime against Philly, and then had to play the next day with all the emotion of Kane. It was, And then they played tomorrow against Boston. I expect Boston to whoop them tomorrow. I really do. Errol said I was negative early today about it. I think Boston's going to beat them down tomorrow. Because, again, the Rangers are going to play shorthanded again tomorrow. That's just what it is. And then they play Montreal Thursday, so they don't play again until Thursday. So they get a little break here. But, again, it's starting to get close now. Pittsburgh is really creeping up there. Uh, but we'll see. I think the Devils won at the deadline, of course, getting Timo Meyer. Uh, that was a great move for New Jersey, of course, to add to that to that team. to go with Jack Hughes. The problem with New Jersey is I still look at the goaltending situation with them. I mean, Vita Vanacek has not been great the last couple of games. And Vancheck, I don't believe, has ever started more than 42 games in a season. Now you're asking him to do that. It's going to be tough. But listen, they're only a point behind uh, Carolina right now. And then another team I think that did really well was Toronto. I love what Toronto did. They got some sandpaper on their line. They did that too. They needed grit and sandpaper players. They needed that. They need to get out of there this year. They have to get out of the first round this year. Now, the problem with, T- with Toronto is they're going to be matched up against Tampa. Tampa's going to have Vasilevsky. You have to understand that. They're not going to have the advantage in net. Vasilevsky's the guy there. And Vasilevsky, remember, beat Toronto last year too. So clearly he's in Toronto's head. We'll see where that goes. Uh, the West, I like what Vegas did. I think getting quick was an interesting one, I really think. The thing about quick is this. I feel like once you get into the playoffs, I feel like Jonathan Quick can turn it on. I still believe that. And he's going to be empty because of what happened with the way the Kings treated him. That's a fact. The way the LA Kings treated him and shoved him out the door was as interesting as... It gets. I'm curious how this goes. I know the Kings players were not happy about this trade. Um, 
you know, to me, I just think that that was something that I, I think if you're the Kings, you have to look at it and you have to say to yourself, okay, we traded him, but the thing is we didn't really pick anybody up to replace them. What quick is. That's the thing that I think is going to be fascinating. So we'll see where that goes. I do want to get into a little bit more hockey talk when we come back from break. I'm going to get into a couple more things that happened at the deadline. I'm going to get into my losers of the deadline and what this can do going forward uh, for certain teams. We're going to get into that, get into the Jets QB conversation. We're going to go to a break. We'll be right back. This is Game On Here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Game On with Josh Silverberg. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Game On joining you every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. right here on WWSR. And every Friday, and we have a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to get to a little bit more hockey conversation right now. Then we'll do some football as we are running out of time soon. I want to get to my losers of the NHL trade deadline. My losers, the Carolina Hurricanes. I feel like they didn't do enough to really bolster their chances of, uh, you know, getting any better. I should plug this in, by the way. Check us out on WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Check that out. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. And, of course, under the WWSRN app. But, again, what we were discussing is about the Carolina Hurricanes. And they had $10.5 million in salary cap after Max Pacioretty was placed on long-term IR. He's done for the year. It's really interesting because I feel like the Hurricanes, to me, are not as good right now as the Rangers or the or, or even possibly. I think they're a little better than the Devils because they have Anderson in goal. But if the Devils take them over in first place, the Rangers would match up with the Hurricanes. That might be a tough matchup for the, for the, for the Hurricanes, I think, in my eyes and my opinion. The Hurricanes, to me, I don't think did enough to improve their chances of winning the Stanley Cup. They didn't do enough. They should have used that cap more. I know they really want the team O'Meyer. I think they should have pulled the trigger. That, to me, um, is going to be fascinating. The San Jose Sharks are another loser team. They didn't get enough for Timo Meyer. They could have gotten a lot more, I felt. I think for them, it was not great. The return, very underwhelming. I mean, you held the guy out for two weeks. You talked about it over the summer. Then you held him out again this year, and that's the return you got. Very underwhelming with them. The Blackhawks, unfortunately, their hands were tied. With the Kane thing, they probably wanted more for Kane. They probably could have gotten more for Kane. Unfortunately, Kane said it's Rangers or nothing. Didn't have a choice. They had to do what they had to do or lose him for nothing. Those are a couple of teams. I feel Seattle didn't do anything in net. They needed a goalie. They, they didn't get one. Um, so those are a couple of the teams, I would say, that did not do enough or really to improve their team going forward. So those are my losers. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Like I said, these things play out. There's still a couple more weeks left of the season. You'll see it. You'll ride with it. And that's how we go. All right. Now it's time for this story that just popped up. For those that, you know, both uh, Zach Rosenblatt, who writes for The Athletic, he's a reporter for the Jets, has said that the Jets are likely the favorites for Derek Carr. That's why Carr has not signed. He supposedly really wants to be a Jet. Um, he's had great conversations with them, met with Woody Johnson, Joe Douglas, Robert Sala was supposed to be there as well, but he got the stomach bug. He could not make the meeting. Now, we know this about Derek Carr. The thing of it is, it's, 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 and I'm going to bring up the other thing. And, and the thing about Derek Carr is this with Derek Carr, the expectation for the Jets is playoffs. 
that's the expectation is playoffs. It, it's playoffs. You go there, you go from there, and you go and you work with it that way. You have the pieces to make them better. And I don't want to hear about this cold weather, 4 and 18 garbage that I keep hearing. Stop it. Enough. It's so silly. It's nonsensical. And it's so ridiculous that I just, I, I'm tired of hearing it. It really is mind boggling. Derek Carr and I went by the stats last week when I was doing the show with Speedy last week. The thing about Carr is this. He's a top 11, 12 quarterback in my eyes. He is. My opinion. I think he is. The numbers speak for himself. He's a near 4,000-yard passer every single season he's played in the NFL. In a rough year this year, I mean, look, Josh McDaniels was the head coach. And now reports are coming out that it's really difficult to play there in Vegas, just like it was difficult playing in Denver. It was the same issue. And this is, of course, the, the this is the thing about McDaniels. He doesn't get the best of what he has. That team should have been in the playoffs this year. They were the worst defense in the NFL. What is Derek Carr supposed to do with that? He's not on the field when the defense is playing. That's one thing. So Zach Rosenblatt, who writes for the Athletic and writes for the Jets for the Athletic, it says that the Jets are the favorites for Derek Carr. That's why he hasn't signed. He's waiting. And then this just came out. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah and Rich Eisen, who are both at the NFL Combine, quote, in the halls of the Combine, Jeremiah says he thinks Rodgers will be a Jet, and he also says he does not think it will take a first-round pick. That just came in a few minutes ago. And then today, Adam Schefter said on SportsCenter, my sense is, quote, my sense is it ultimately – it will come down to whether he wants to play elsewhere, which would be really the New York Jets, or whether he wants to retire. To me, those are the two most logical options and the two most likely scenarios here. So Daniel Jeremiah, Rich Eisen, and Adam Schefter are both hearing that Aaron Rodgers, it sounds like, would okay a trade to the New York Jets. Now here's, I said car playoffs. If it's Aaron Rodgers, you're talking Super Bowl then. That's the expectation. And then the expectation would then be Zach Wilson's going to learn from him for the next two years. You hope you get two years out of Rodgers. That's the only scary part is, is he going to give you the full two years? But when Adam Schefter and Rich Eisen and Daniel Jeremiah are hearing this, it sounds to me like Rodgers would okay a trade to the Jets. And why wouldn't he? He's got a top five defense. He's going to have Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore, Brees Hall, who have a couple of nice signs in Conklin and Usuma. You get Becton and Vera Tucker back. If you don't trade the first round pick, if you trade like a, a third or something or a fourth, well, that's great. Then, you know, you draft another offensive lineman. They heard this. They love the kid Branch from Alabama, the safety. They could go there. If Dwayne Brown comes back, this has become, you're hoping by next week. Because again, Carr said he wants to do this before. The, the legal tampering, which is, I believe, March 13th. So the hope is that this gets done. Now, again, Aaron Rodgers has a very close inner circle. When I look at where the New York Jets are, and when I hear Daniel Jeremiah, and again, Rich Eisen and Adam Schefter both reporting, you get a vibe that Aaron Rodgers is basically saying, I'll go to the Jets. I'll go to the Jets. I'll go there. And you know what? Honestly, at the at the same time, if, if you're the New York Jets, you're talking Super Bowl. And I'm tired of people saying he's a bad guy. He's not a good teammate. 
He doesn't do this. First off, everything I've heard is he's a great teammate. That's number one. Number two, so he likes to do ayahuasca and he likes to sit in dark rooms for a couple of days. Listen, if we're up to me, I'd love to sit in a dark room for three days and I have everybody know where I am. But you cannot sit here and tell me that if you're Aaron Rodgers, you see the weapons the New York Jets have. I mean, you got to be intrigued by it. And if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, they're in the Super Bowl conversation, as crazy as that is. They are. That boost way up here. Derek Carr would give you a nice four or five years. Do I think Derek Carr can win a Super Bowl with the Jets? I don't. You're going to have Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Lawrence, Jackson, Watson, all in the AFC. With Rodgers, you can compete. Rodgers plays in cold weather. He knows how to handle the elements. And I know people are going to look at his playoffs the last couple of years, and they've not been great. We're fully aware of that. But you can't sit here and tell me with the top five defense and the playmakers the Jets have on offense that if the Jets got Aaron Rodgers and didn't cost him a first-round pick, it would be huge for the New York Jets. And it's so funny. I get asked this question. Would you want to be in purgatory? If the Jets won a Super Bowl, Rodgers retired, would you want to be in purgatory for the next five or six, seven years? Hey, yeah, I would. Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat. No question I would. I would 100% take that in a second. Look at Tampa. They're going to be in purgatory for the next six or seven, eight years probably. Guess what? They got a Super Bowl championship with Tom Brady going there. Snug brought up a great point. Whoa, well, he had a broken thumb. He still had a pretty good season. Now, he didn't have it up to the Aaron Rodgers spectacle that he normally does. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the New York Jets, the Jets are Super Bowl contenders. And as crazy as that sounds, that's the facts. Go look at the team. Look at the team around him. Look at what he'll do for them. You bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers, it sets the tone. And if Aaron Rodgers succeeds, forget about it. Players are going to always want to go there then. But again, the New York Jets, to me, have to figure out what do they want to do. Do they want to do the one or two years with Rodgers? Or do they want to go stability and have four or five years with Carr and make the playoffs but not win that Super Bowl? Where Rodgers will give you that Super Bowl opportunity. I mean, Rodgers, again, is going to have Wilson, Moore. They're probably going to have the veteran receiver here. I wouldn't, be sure, I wouldn't be shocked if Lazard signed with the Jets. Do you want to go, we'll be competitive with Carr, or do you want to go, I want to be in a Super Bowl conversation for the next two years? Go that route. And let Zach Wilson sit, and hopefully he gets something because Rodgers was his role model. That's where the New York Jets need to get this right and figure this out. It's going to be one of the two. It's going to be one of those two guys. It will either be Rodgers or Carr. There's a reason why Derek Carr has not signed yet. And I know that's the story. The Saints want to sign Carr. Carr's not signing yet. Why hasn't he signed? Because clearly he's waiting for the Jets. Because Derek Carr wants to go to the Jets. But Derek Carr may not get the opportunity if Aaron Rodgers says, I'll go to the Jets. I see what they're building. I like it. And I bet you Derek Carr, I bet you Aaron Rodgers finds a way to tell Green Bay, I'll do it, but you're not taking all those draft picks from them. That you're not doing. Because then what I'll do is I'll retire. And then they get nothing out of it. That's where Aaron Rodgers has the advantage. All right. I want to get to a little bit of uh, the World Baseball Classic. That is starting up next week. So it's I, I always love the World Baseball Classic. To me, it's interesting. The favorite to me this year is the Dominican Republic. Their team is a joke in regards to what their lineup is. The USA is competitive, of course, Puerto Rico, Japan, the usual is Cuba. The DR is unbelievably sick this year. And to me, I think that's going to be must-watch TV. Now, years ago when the World Baseball Classic first started, the DR also had an unbelievably great team, 
The problem was they lost to the Netherlands because the problem was there were too many stars and doing it this thing, and it didn't work out. I personally think the DR this year is, is a juggernaut that's going to be really tough to beat in my eyes and my expectation. I I don't know. Now, the USA has a nice team. They're nowhere near close to the talent that the Dominican Republic have. I mean, the lineup for the for the DR is unbelievable. So the Dominican Republic roster, their pitchers are Brian Abreu, Sandy Alcantara, Ronel Blanco, Genesis Cabrera, Diego Castillo, Ronzi Contreras, Johnny Cueto, Del Santos, Camilo Duvall, Carlos Estevez, Jordan Garcia, Luis Garcia, Yimmy Garcia, Christian Javier, Rafael Montero, Hector Neres, Joel Payams, Gregory Soto, Cesar Valdez. Then they have Francisco Mejia and Gary Sanchez as the catchers. This is where it gets ridiculous, guys. It's where it gets ridiculous. And I actually love the World Baseball Classic snug. I, I like it because I enjoy it. William Adamas, Robinson Cano. Then it's just Rafael Devers, Wander Franco, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Manny Machado, Cattell Marte, Jeremy Pena, Gene Segura, Teoscar Hernandez, Eloy Jimenez, Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto, and Nelson Cruz. That's the Dominican Republic lineup. Not to mention they're going to have all the Astros pitchers and Sandy Alcantara starting for them. That's wild. That's crazy when you think about that. I did just get another breaking story, by the way. So according to John Butchergrass, an NHL team is coming to Atlanta. They're bringing Matt the Thrashers. <laughs> That's what they're doing. They're going to bring back the Atlanta Thrashers. Didn't do great then. I wonder if it would do well now, but we'll see. But anyway, going back to what I was saying, you could put Franco at short, Machado at third, Devers, DH, Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto in the outfield. It's crazy. Guerrero will be at first. Yeah, you could put Robinson Cano at second. To me, I love the World Baseball Classic. I enjoy it. I think it's fun. It's interesting. It's It really is the players really get into it. So to me, I enjoy it very much. I remember the Adam Jones catch when he robbed Machado. Uh, when the U.S. played the Dominican Republic uh, years ago. Let's get into a little AEW conversation before we end the show. And Revolution is this Sunday in San Francisco. Lyle will be there. The buildup for the show has not been great. I'm going to tell you right now, WWE programming has been light years better than AEW's. The World Championship match between MJF and Brian Danielson, there's been not much buildup. I know they've had the, the tit for tats and... All this stuff, but to me, the buildup for it has not been great. I have not really enjoyed it at all very much. I haven't really liked it, per se. So to me, when I when I look at how AW's built this pay-per-view up, it's been a drag. It really has been a drag. Like, I'm disappointed almost for them that this is the product, the way they're doing it. WWE's not buying AEW snug. Khan has more money than, than they all do. That's not happening. So... To me, when I look at how, and the ratings speak for itself, I think the draw and the build for AEW, for this pay-per-view specifically, has not been great. It's on a Sunday, too. I can't stand that. I love when they do the Saturday shows. Like, when I went to Full Gear in November, it was a Saturday night. It was perfect at Prudential Center. It was great. I hate the Sunday pay-per-views. Then again, if you're on the West Coast, it's, it's great. When I went to Vegas for Double or Nothing in May, it was awesome. Because the show started at 8, which was 5 o'clock their time, and the show ended at around 9 o'clock, 8.30, 9 o'clock. It was awesome. Yeah, the whole evening, everything like that, it was good. So to me, with Revolution, 
I'm curious what the buys are going to be. I think the Elite and the House of Black match is going to be a match that stands out the most because the high-flying ability. Ali is here! Love it! Love Ali. Big fan. To me, when I think about what AEW is is doing, they got to do a better job of building up rivalries. You know, like Hangman Moxley has been a good one. Great. And then, of course, there are rumors that Kenny Omega could be going to WWE is another fascinating concept because Omega has maybe been he's, – he's maybe seeing what Cody is doing. He's saying, hmm, this looks pretty good over there. I expect MJF to win. Hater's going to win. I definitely think Jay White's going to be going to WWE, Ali. I think it's going to be the night after Mania on Raw is when he's going to debut. Um, my concern is, do the WWE fans know enough about Switchblade? That's the thing, whereas AW fans watch New Japan – that's my concern, so we'll see. But, I mean, I think it'll be a good show. I just don't think the build has been good enough. So that's my take. All right. It is time now to get to my buzzer beater, ladies and gentlemen. And my buzzer beater is about the NBA. And it is about the Eastern Conference going on. And it's crazy. The Bucks, 16 straight wins. Ben is ecstatic about it, I'm sure. Celtics doing their thing. How about the Knicks in this conversation? How about the New York Knicks? Jalen Brunson, what a stud he's been for the New York Knicks. They got him on a four-year deal. You know what I mean? To, to me, Snuggle, let me tell you something. If you could preach that to WWE, I'd sign on in a second. I know Lyle would too. But the problem is Lyle hates WWE, so he probably wouldn't be against it. But I would go. I think if you're the New York Knicks and Knicks fan, temper the expectations. But I could really see this Knicks team winning a round or two. I really can. When I look at them, they're going to play Miami tonight. And Carl's in now. I mean, Carl's at the tail end of the show. But I know I know Carl's very busy and stuff like that, so it's understandable. I miss seeing Carl, that's for sure. Carl, you missed all my rumors and my breaking news stuff, man. You got to check. You got to be watching the show. But to me, I think the Knicks are in this country. Not to win a championship or even win the East, but be a team that maybe players are now going to want to go to. So we'll see about that. We'll see where it goes. I'm excited for the Knicks and as, as a Knicks fan. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for Game On this evening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Again, don't forget to check us out on WorldWideSportsRadio.com. And check us out on the app at WWSRN. Type that in. Of course, I got to thank Speedy Petey helping produce the show. I got to thank the fans for listening and watching. Again, you can check out all the other great shows that we have on here. Sports Live Match, The Wise Guys, The Betting Show, uh, The Herd, Kenny's Show as well. I'm giving him a plug, Snug. Kenny's Show as well. You can check that out. And so much more. Don't forget to check out the Weekend Crunch on 103.9 FM every Saturday, either at 7 o'clock or after Honor Games uh, on 103.9 FM. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the Combine this weekend. Enjoy AEW this weekend. Enjoy all the sports this weekend. I'll be watching the Rangers get clobbered by the Bruins tomorrow. And then I'll maybe feel a little bit better by watching AEW, but we'll see. Enjoy everything, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful weekend. See you back here Friday at 6 o'clock right here on Game On on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Take care, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.